You're tuned in to the podcast about nothing. I'm Dante Douglas here with my man, Danny Freeman. We just started the show off with a little uh, throwback song with Kanye West and Jay-Z. Now, we all know what's going on right now in the world with these two. Um, just just heard the 444 new album. Jay-Z has a couple of shots thrown at Kanye on that album. Uh, me being a big Kanye West fan, I am. Well, I'm a big fan of both guys. But more so, Kanye, do you think Jay-Z had the right to throw shots in this Kanye the way he did on the new album? Well, first I'm going to say, this is a great album. If you ain't heard it yet, you need to go here. It's a lot of grown man bars being thrown on the album. It's giving you a different perspective. It's probably it's Jay-Z like you've never seen him before. It's more more conscious, more real what's going on today type music. Now the the bars I call like a lunchroom nudge that he was giving Kanye on the album. I really didn't see nothing wrong with it. Like like he he had the one line where he said, "You gave him twenty million without blinking. He gave you twenty minutes on stage. Fuck is he thinking? Like that's that's real. That's real. That's real rap. Like Kanye shouldn't even be in a position to come at Jay Z like that. So do you think outside of the money and the fame and where? Jay-Z helped Kanye get his career to, let's just put it into like regular people's terms. When I, when I first saw Kanye go on stage and everything, I thought what he did was absolutely corny. I would have never done it. I think with like me and you, been, it would have been equivalent to me going on Twitter or Instagram and airing out like a disagreement right. or something we got going on, which, you know, that's something that you never do. But at the same time, I do feel like Kanye had every right to feel the way he did. Just with so many stuff like with Jay-Z not coming to the wedding and the stuff with the Apple and Tidal and, you know, Kim got robbed and it was like a miscommunication with them and that their kids don't really know each other to play. I feel like what he was complaining about was definitely like a real thing, a real issue something that he had every right to feel that way, but the way he went about it was definitely horrible, and I would never defend him going on stage and doing that, bringing Beyonce in. That was terrible. Everything Kanye went about that was, like, absolutely just, you just don't do that. I feel like what the way I took it, it was this, like, I feel like ever since his mother passed away, Kanye been... Different. It's you could clearly see it's yeah, like a difference yeah, going on with him ever since his mother passed away. I can I can definitely understand if you feel that Jay Z owes him some type of friendship, and I'm pretty sure they did have some type of friendship. But knowing Jay Z and how him and Beyonce are, they always been private. Jay Z's life has been oh, private yeah, for years. That's even well before Beyonce. So him going to a wedding that's gonna be all on. Uh, what, what, on keeping over the card, keeping over the Kardashians, or when even when Kim got robbed, like that still found a way to even be on a television show. Like mm-hmm. when people get robbed, that you never hear stuff right. about that on a TV show. And I can understand him being upset that Jay Z ain't reach out to him, or I think they said Jay Z called, text him a couple days later, but he didn't call him. Mm-hmm. And he, I understand he might want Blue Ivy and his daughter, you know, to have a relationship because he has a relationship with Jay Z, but. Him airing that dirty laundry out on stage, like as yeah. as a man, as a man, you don't do that. Even if it's with a man you don't have a relationship with, but as somebody you have a personal relationship with, and I look at it like this: if somebody ever did something for me to help me better my life, 
I'm not saying I forever owe that person. I'm about but to say because it's I, like you, it's like I'm you great, owe them. You owe them. You owe them that type of respect. You don't air out the dirt line. You yeah. know what I'm saying? He don't owe them their firstborn kid or nothing like that. But he, was he owed them wrong. better than he that. He was wrong. Yeah, he, he was. He was definitely wrong. And now Jay-Z's I just don't like response. the response with the because it's like now like y'all going back and forth. Like for instance, in a real life situation, I had a friend that went to social media and complained about people not coming to his wedding and all that right. stuff. And the other guy didn't respond, which I was surprised he didn't. Well, I wasn't surprised, but he didn't text him, call him or nothing, say like, yo, what you put on Instagram was kind of personal, I think, that was corny that you did, that he didn't respond at all. So I was thinking like Jay-Z would take that same approach. And like, since we are boys and we painted this picture for the whole world for years, like that this is my brother, that, you know, stuff happens, they get into it, whatever. And he would just let it go. So him responding and like like dissing Kanye on the album, calling them insane or whatever and all that stuff, I kind of didn't like that. But at the same time, I understand where it's coming from because like he can't allow Kanye to disrespect him because then that's going to allow everybody to think they can just go exactly. and disrespect him. But the whole like, it's just the way they whole friendship relationship been going for years. And I just thought... Like, something like that will kind of just, he will let slide. And then the main thing people got to do, we got to stop assuming because rappers be together like they best friends or they have a close friendship. Like, the, the people that we assume close friends with Jay-Z is Tata. Ty, I'm being honest. The people we assume have a close relationship with Jay-Z is Tata, Emory Jones. You know, they speaks about frequently his brother, uh, Brown. But I feel like him and Jay-Z had a, a relationship, but... If you listen to like a lot of rhymes Jay say, he he peeped this from deep. It's like the same story over and over again. Somebody he did something for. Then eventually they feel like he didn't do it's like he, he eventually when mm-hmm. he doesn't do the one thing he did out of a out of hundred things right. you asked him to do, the one time he didn't do it, it's like yeah, they throw dirt what, on his that's name. That's what everyday regular people. That's every, exactly that's everyday regular people. And I feel like it shows with them the bean situation, the Dame Dash situation. Now, now this with Kanye. Well, like, how does that look? Everybody you deal with in the industry, you fall out with. He didn't. He even fell out with R. Kelly. Yeah, he did. He he did. He fell out with R. Kelly. But so it's, it's like a trend. You know, it's definitely a trend. Look like it might be some suspect on his end. But how come it's always they're they're the ones looking foolish in it? It's like no matter what, he never looks he know foolish. How to move, in man, that's what it is. He I, know how to he, operate. That's what make him move. <laughs> he know how to maneuver the situation. Like he's. Because when Kanye went on stage, I knew he it wasn't going to be no interviews, no articles, no Instagram posts, Twitter. There was going to be nothing from Jay-Z until he felt like... It was time to address it. Which was, what, eight months later in this new album? So he just he just know how to just move in the crowd, you know how to talk, handle himself in every situation he in. To where it do look like every time he get into it with somebody in the industry, like, it's different. like they looking crazy. Like I say, looking crazy, the, the uh, R. Kelly thing, the the best of both worlds tour, a lot of people probably don't remember it. It was supposedly... R. Kelly was coming drunk. It, it was supposedly late. R. Kelly was coming <laughs> drunk late, and somehow he got into it with one of Jay-Z's friends named Tata, and he, he supposedly maced him. Maced Come him. on, man. I don't know if he maced him, Allegedly. But <laughs> allegedly. You know how it'd be, a quote-unquote, allegedly Mace maced him. Killed, man. So he, he messed the Pied Piper, and then <laughs> R. Kelly just, the tour was over after that. Beanie Siegel. Beanie Siegel is the only artist to never go platinum, to have his own record label, 
to have his own artist on the record label, had three low budget movies, and that still wasn't enough. Yeah, I it's, mean, it, Beans it still was un- wasn't Beans enough. Beans was ungrateful, man. I, I don't know. And this ain't me being the biased Kanye fan that so many people think I am. I just think when it comes to like the family and friendship, maybe Kanye thought all this time that they was like real friends and, and Jay-Z just saw them as like business partners and stuff. Because Kanye done made the Big Brother song right. about him that was on the graduation, Kanye's third album. They then did songs together, did Watch the Throne. Jay said, run up on Yeezy the wrong way. I'm I might murk you. Like, they painted this picture for us to believe that they were so tight and stuff. And I just thought that I'm not I'm not really like mad Jay-Z responded. I just don't really agree with it. But I I'm I'm not surprised that he did it. And I kinda thought he would just let that kind of slide for some time. I kinda him just going at him like that just seemed like Kanye just another rapper in the in the game. But I feel like when this happens, people forget everything. When it when something new happens, people forget everything else that happened before. They forget how he went on stage and made Taylor Swift look crazy. And Jay-Z had his back after that. Yeah. They forget how everyone tried to down talk the Yeezus album. And Jay-Z goes on a breakfast club mm-hmm. and says how it wasn't a like, bad album. I don't like that Yeezus album. I don't either. But the main person who defended was yeah. Jay-Z. Yeah. Said how was it a bad album. He got the production on his this, that, and the third. So it's like now it's, it's the one time he doesn't do something. He doesn't do something for them. It's a problem. And he told him, grown men, they want to sit on my lap, but I don't have a beard. Santa Claus ain't black. This is, this is, I I think his situation different from Beans. Beans, to me, kind of seemed like he didn't know how to grow up, be a man, so he's still getting in trouble and hanging around crowds that he was with before he got famous, and he kind of wanted Jay-Z to bail him out financially with everything. Kanye's was more like my family, my wife, this, that. You know, the anniversary of his mother was around that time. But, again, I'm not making no excuses for what he did. Like, I hate that Kanye did that. Like, it was just... It was probably, like, one of the worst things I think he's ever done. Because the Taylor Swift stuff didn't bother me. He was embarrassed. Like, the George Bush... Like, he's done so many things that hasn't bothered me. But him going on stage like that, when I'm, like, a big fan of both of them. And I was, like, the two people that I really liked a lot growing up and listening to music now they like beefing it's like dang that's crazy like now i feel like i gotta pick sides i feel like i don't got pick sides. i feel like it's kind of probably gonna respond but how I, good is that gonna be i mean him responding like i don't think jay-z i think jay-z is one of the few rappers that's left and probably because he's older than a lot of them he don't take a lot of this shit personal i feel like a lot of these rappers they take things personal they think they have real friendship relationship with these other artists when they really don't when it's really just a business a business position they don't look at it like that i feel kanye gonna respond i hope kanye respond on on, on a watch the throne kanye though i want to hear some ball if he can give jay some bars i don't mind hearing it yeah i i like to hear it and then it'll probably be dead after that and maybe they'll jay-z made up with dame dash jay-z made up with benny siegel he made up with all of them he made up jim jones is now signed on rock nation so let me ask you this: If you was Kanye, how would you take it? Knowing that you messed up and did, you know, and he brought Beyonce into it, all that stuff about her not performing if she don't win an award, like going way too far. Right. So if you Kanye and you hear the new album, how you gonna take it? How do you think he? If I was Kanye, I would have been surprised if he didn't respond at all. If I've been, if I'm Kanye, that means I've been around Jay Z for over twelve years. 
You know how he moves. You know right. you know how he so addresses topics. Saw it you should have seen this coming. There's no, especially if you didn't call him and say I was wrong for that. I shouldn't have went about it like that. You you know this is one of the few people that do reality rap. Mm. So if he rapping about his life, this is something that he's dealing with in his life. He's dealing with you in this issue. So yeah, he's going to address it. And I feel like he didn't, it wasn't a diss. He just spoke on a situation that happened. He said, I feel like I did cool by yay. So you don't think him calling him insane was a diss? Like, the main thing that Kanye been teased about ever since he came into the game, he got rap songs where he talking about people calling him crazy and insane. And that one thing, like, everybody, oh, he crazy, he crazy. And then his friend, so, a quote, his, allegedly, his friend, <laughs> allegedly, calling him insane. It's not a diss. I feel like is it, I feel like if you take it as a diss, now all of us a diss because the person whose approval that you wanted for so long said what everybody else said about you. Cause but at the same time you can't sweep under the rug how he went to bat for you when everyone else said you was crazy. And he said you wasn't. Mm-hmm. When everyone else said this not gonna work, but he supported you regardless, ain't it? I don't I don't I can't take it as a diss because he just he finally said something that everybody else said. He finally said what. Die-hard Kanye fans been saying he finally said what J Cole said a few months ago. Yeah, you, I ain't like J Cole's song. I, I love man. that song. I, I feel like Jay Z kind of sent J Cole out. I do. Like, hey, hey, diss him for you. I, I definitely. Quick. I, I told somebody that a while ago. That I told that. I told somebody that a while ago. I, J Cole know he looked up to Kanye a lot too. He right? he got so many mixtapes with Kanye beats on it and everything. But so I feel like that's one thing we gotta understand. What is what's a diss record and what's somebody addressing the issue because it's two different things i feel like hit him up is a diss record by tupac talking about biggie i feel like that's a diss record you disrespecting biggie most of it none most of it is fabricated not factual information what he's saying in the song i feel like rick ross's uh song speaking on Birdman. i don't feel like that's a diss i feel like he's addressing factual evidence and he's speaking on something. He like wrong, though. He, he like really, really. Yeah, he. Wrong. I mean, he wrong, he like but wrong. the Bird Birdman wrong. They've been on Bangladesh five hundred thousand dollars for like like seven years. Man. It's crazy. Like it's crazy. They got all this money supposedly, but no producers not getting paid. Tiger said he ain't see a dime from Cash Money. Rack City and all that. All the hits he had on there, and this it, I don't understand it. It's not making any sense, but. The way I look at it is like this. The only way that they can somewhat get back to a friendship with this is if Kanye apologizes to Jay-Z publicly. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's definitely a sticky situation. You hate to see two people like that uh, go at each other in that kind of way. And it's just, I don't know, it's just kind of hard to look at and see. Like, you know, we grew up watching these guys do music together, and now they're just going at it. But the way I look at it like this, I feel as though if, I feel as though, they, I think it might be a Watch the Throne 2 off of this. I would love to see a, be, I would love to see a Watch the Throne 2, and they go back and forth on the album. Like. Because just because you have two sides to the story, that don't mean somebody right, somebody wrong. That just means somebody see it from their perspective, other person see it from their perspective. Mm-hmm. Now, I feel like they definitely could do that. I definitely think Kim Kardashian plays a large role in the, the hindering of their relationship. You do? Why do you think? 
I feel like Beyonce doesn't want to be around her mm, at okay. all. I definitely see that. I definitely don't. I I definitely don't see two private people want to be around a reality a reality star. Right. So you think the 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 when the women in their lives are interfering with the relationship as well? It definitely played a part. Jay Beyonce had no problem sitting next to Amber Rose, and she was a stripper. Mm-hmm. But it's just it's just the privacy factor. Like they know they can never send Blue Ivy over over. You know what I'm saying? Kanye right. and Kim's house because they gonna she gonna be on keeping up with the Kardashians. Well, like, that's when the parents gotta come with them. They don't want to be on the show either. They don't. No, I'm not talking about the show. I'm just talking about why can't the Carters just go fly over because it ain't like. You know, with regular people, we got to look up a flight. We got to save right. up for money. I mean, they can is. just go right out the next day. You, I, I feel like sometimes, like, artists let money and fame and stuff mess up, like, a regular, real-life friendship and family stuff. I definitely I definitely can agree with that, but money going to change the situation. It's going to change the people around you. That's 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 bound to happen. There's no way around that. Money gonna definitely change the people around you. It's gonna change a lot of situations for you. And the thing about the Kardashians and Kanye West, somehow Beyonce and Jay Z managed to never to go places and there's no paparazzi around. One of the most famous women in the world manages to move around and there's no paparazzi. Mm. But every time Kim K walks outside, <laughs> it's cameras. That's stage. That it, they want that attention. They set up that attention. They let the they let TMZ know they're about to go to to Starbucks at right. five a.m. just so they can go, just so they can end up in the tabloids. They don't. Jay Z never was about that type of lifestyle. And Beyonce isn't about that type of lifestyle. And they're not gonna change now for that. I get it. I mean, I see both sides. Like I said, like I'm not defending Kanye at all. I feel where Jay coming from. I feel where Ye coming from. It's unfortunate they going through this, but. Hey, hopefully one day they squash it. Enough about that. We got some new music from Meek Mill. He just released his third album, Wins and Losses. The Chases. Just came out. A lot of people, a lot of people have been talking about this album. Damn, what you think? Listen, I'm a Meek Mill fan. I'm no, not going to lie. I'm not going to, I'm not going to gas it. I'm going to give you straight fact. The album is fire. Top to bottom. This is like Meek Mill like you've never seen before. If you like the Shine records... Blue Notes, Polo and some Shell Tots. If those are your type of Meek Mill tracks, you would love this album. It's full of that. It's 17 tracks of pure fire. Now, I know one of the songs you really like on there is the 1942. 1942 flows. And me, I'm not even a big Meek Mill fan. I had to listen to it, though. And like Dan said, it is fire. I don't put it, rank it up there as a classic or none of that just yet. We still got to listen to it, but I'm liking the album so far. We're going to play y'all a little snippet of the 1942. Started off poor with plans to own more. Now we own stores and fuck the baddest horse. I was on tour with niggas that's so raw. Started selling white, we won't sell it no more. Like Trump ain't feeling us, cops still killing us. Niggas taking shots, can't stop me. They ain't real enough. Cut her off, act like she did, and it's killing her. New dawn, earn my seats. I left the ceiling up just to kill him softly. Ooh, get him on me, try to crucify me like I'm Jesus. The way she crossed me, I'm too bossy and too thorough to move like a weirdo on point like an arrow. You just heard 1942 Flows by Meek Mill from Fire. his new album, Wins and Losses. Now, my absolute fa favorite song from the album is Young Black America. Hands down, Young Black America is my favorite song on that album. 
it's just going off of the things that we go through growing up as young black men. He just kept it real. He was true to his fans. Um, there's one line that I could really relate to when he said, young niggas brainwashed, they just want to rap and hoop. I feel like growing up in America, unless you have just like some really strong parents, a family, a background who just instill into you about hard work and, or, or going to school and just the real concept of being a man, it's like that's the only way we have of getting right. out of our environment is either playing a sport or making it in music. And I just love the fact that he made this song. Now, I think, in my opinion, my favorite songs in the album, of course, Young Black America, all the reasons Doug just said, you know, he's touching on a lot of different topics. We Ball, Issues, Never Lose, and Made It From Nothing featuring Rick Ross and Tiana Taylor. When I say I never knew Tiana Taylor could sing this good, you got to hear this track. She really flat out singing this song. Another thing that we got to address is, for all y'all fans that say Meek Mill back, Oh, he he finally ready to win. DC4 was by far the best mixtape album, whatever it's titled. That was the best piece of rap music so that dropped know back from in where? 2016. Where back from? This is what I understand. Where's he coming back from? He's one of the most consistent rappers in the game. It's very few rappers you could say that's named not Jay-Z that gave you quality music every album they released. Dreams and Nightmares, Dreams Worth More Than Money, DC4, and now Wins and Losses. Do we count DC4 as an album, though? I feel like it's too good to not count as an album. If it's not an album, I, I look at DC4 as J. Cole's Friday Night Lights. It was mm. The music was too good and too quality for you not to put that on his resume. And uh, the, the thing about Mick is you can see the growth in his music and the way he's talking. You can see that he's changed a lot. Now, a lot of other music I'm listening to currently right now that I got playing in my car on repeat of definitely the Jay-Z 444. That's a great album to me. Um, Trap by 2 Chains is another great album. Titty Boy. Oh, okay. Titty Your Boy. Your mistake. My mistake. My mistake. <laughs> Pardon me. Pardon me. Also, uh, Rick Ross's Rather You Than Me. That's one of my favorite Rick Ross albums. I, it's, I mean, I, not because it's new. It's just... Me and my friends were talking the other day. We was going back through his catalog. You know, the Teflon Don. You taking that over to Teflon? I don't, I don't know if I'm taking over to Teflon, Teflon, but that, that Rather You Than Me is a tough album to deal with. I'm taking it over. I'm taking it over Triller. I'll say that. Triller? What about Mastermind? I'm definitely taking over Mastermind. I was like not Mastermind? a fan of Mastermind. I was Ugh, not I a fan Mastermind. of Mastermind. What? I feel like he could have kept that one. He could have put that on the mixtape really? or something. Yeah, I was not a fan of Mastermind. I only know Mastermind, my top five Rick Ross albums. I was feeling the Rick Ross a little bit. I definitely like Mastermind better than this new album. It was just cool to me. I'm definitely still listening to 2 Chainz album. Love 2 Chainz. Every single song on there, I love it. City 2 Necklace. <laughs> boy, I'm still <laughs> listening to the Kendrick. You know, the real rap still there. My favorite song, I think the best song of this year is Feel. Um, he's saying, ain't nobody praying for me. But the song is it's a lot deeper than just that part. It's a tough track. I remember I kept tweeting it because I thought it was just so relatable to me. And a friend of mine tweeted me and was like, I pray for you every night. So it kind of stuck me like, dang, I should probably stop saying this then. Well, I'm like, I told him the song is still much deeper than just him talking about nobody's praying for him. It's just so real and raw and it hit me. So 
I'm still listening to that Kendrick. And he just dropped the loyalty video today with Rihanna. Shout out to Kendrick. The album went double platinum extremely fast. So what's next? Him and J. Cole working on something? What's no, up? He, what's up, man? If you see, if you caught it on Twitter, Kendrick brought out J. Cole. I believe they was in Detroit on the concert. Yeah, they was. So I'm, I'm waiting on that album with them. We've been talking about it. For years, they allegedly got songs already recorded. No, I don't know if it's alleged. Uh, Ab Soul, member of TDE camp, he said that they already had songs done for the album. I he actually proof. has a he actually has a verse on the album. I need what? I need it on wax. <laughs> now, I need to go to Target and buy it. We don't believe you. You need more people. <laughs> I need to go buy that today. Now they now they don't know if they believe it, but right now, 2017 has been a strong year in hip hop. Big Sean gave you an album. Um, Drake dropped More Life. Hey. More Life. How you feel about that More Life? Drake dropped More Life. <laughs> so I'm going to leave that. I'm going to sign that. The that. Big Sean was cool. I knew it was going to be hard for him to bounce back from that uh, Dark yeah. Paradise. Dark Paradise was a great album. It was album. crazy. So when this one came out, I knew he wasn't going to be able to top it. But I think my favorite song on there is uh, Jump Out the Window. Uh, he got a couple songs where he's really spazzing. You can... You talked about the growth of Meek Mill. You can really see the growth in Big Shine. Sure. Even make me go back and listen to like the cipher he did with good music. Listen to his first album, second album. So Big Shine is definitely to me. I think out of the new school is J Cole number one, Kendrick two, and then Big Shine number three. Ooh, ooh, I gotta take. I that's gotta take tough. The boy. I, ain't, I ain't gonna lie. Sean Don came a long way. I remember long I was way. I was not a big Sean fan. I mean, he used to rap so fast, but he he had he definitely had bars and delivery. But that Dark Paradise really made me a believer. I that saved like, his career. I felt like he that verse was like fourth and in inches. Yeah, he had the uh, one man can change the world. Had the song with Ty Dolla Sign and Chris Brown. The little Martin video, yeah. like he's doing. He's that giving us music song. and still giving us like there's not a lot of artists that's still making good quality, quality music. music that's def, that's definitely true. It's a lot of artists that's just giving fans anything. For example, me and my friends talking the other day about how Future released like four albums within like a year and a half. It's killing and them. Most people can't consume that much music that that fast. They're not used to it. So he's in, especially artists like Future. He's giving you party music. A lot of these songs are gonna sound. You know, repetitive. It's gonna be the same track over and over and over again. But I feel like my five leader new school is to me is Jake. I feel like Jake Cole's number one. I, I actually feel like Jake Cole's already solidifies one of the greatest of all time. Definitely Kendrick number two. If it was going based off Dark Paradise, I would have Sean Don. But you know, I gotta go based off right now. I gotta have Meek Mill number Tough. three. After you gave me win, more the people wins talking. and losses. <laughs> Right after the DC fours, and it's it's yeah, like it's almost like it's ironic how the Philly rapper is coming like Rocky Balboa in an mm -hmm. instance where you thought he was finished, and it's a comeback. Oh, he thought he was done. He thought, like you said, he thought he was done. Done. Back done. To back. <laughs> <laughs> he, he told him, came back on them game seven. Trap niggas got the ball mm -hmm. now. But enough about the music. Let's get into the sports world. Unless you've been under a rock for the past week and a half, you are looking for Kyrie Irving. Why? You want to hear what he has to say about this. Last time we seen Kyrie, he was shooting a video saying, I'm coming home, I'm coming home. To me, I look like he was taunting LeBron's I'm coming home thing. But I wanted to say, I've, I've felt this coming 
I felt this coming like a long time ago. I feel like he never wanted to play with LeBron. That was not his ideal situation. No, he didn't want to play with LeBron. A lot of people get the misconception that playing with LeBron the player and playing with with LeBron the NBA, you know, face of the NBA, you know, how important he is and how much power teams give him. Like, LeBron is responsible for so much to happen with the Cavs. He's definitely responsible for the bringing the city Cleveland championship. No doubt about that. I can't even attempt to take that away from him. He's also responsible for Tristan Thompson getting one of the most overpaid contracts in NBA history. He's responsible for J.R. Smith getting overpaid and Amon Shumper, which puts us in a situation that we're in now. We can't move players around because no one else wants to deal with these contracts. Supposedly, the story is this. Dan Gilbert offered to trade Kyrie Irving for Paul George. Allegedly. Allegedly. Quotations. Allegedly. Pardon me. You got to throw that in there. Pardon me. Allegedly, he was in a trade rumor to be uh, out for Paul George. Basically, it was all the way through, but at the last minute, Indiana chose to rock out with OKC. I guess Kyrie got wind of that. Emotionally, his feelings was hurt, took it the wrong way, and now he's asking to be out. Doug, what do you think about it? Well, I definitely think that there's a lot of smoke being blown here. Honestly, at the end of the day, I don't think a deal is going to be made. I was shocked to see him ask for the trade request because just like I feel and even like the NBA player Damian Lillard said, who wouldn't want to go to the finals three years in a row? So like you said, like me just looking at it from the outside, I don't know what's going on. There's so many reports and you know, news and social media involved. But me just looking at it, if I'm Kyrie, I would want to stay in Cleveland at least one more year because we all know if everybody can stay healthy, they're at least going to the finals. Whether they win or not, that's a whole nother debate. But they're going. So that will be four years in a row again with that experience, playing with the best player in the world, in my opinion. Whoa. So, yeah, best player in the world, still LeBron James. So, you know, it was just a shock to me, and uh, I still don't think a deal is going to be done because there's just too much going on with the contracts, and before we know it, camp will be starting pretty soon. So It'll definitely be starting soon, but I he won't be there. I, I'm willing to bet that Kyrie Irving will be traded before training camp starts. There's no way we start training camp and he's still on the roster because he can actually not choose to not participate with the team activities or in the game. You think he'll go that far? I believe he will. I believe it's an ego trip. I feel Kyrie wants the... It's not the love, because he gets so much love playing with LeBron. He wants the respect that Russell Westbrook gets, the John Wall gets, the Damian Lillard gets, the Chris Paul gets, because they are the face of their team. They're the man on the team. When, When they win, they get the praise. When they lose, they get the blame. I feel like Kyrie wants that respect. He he knows that people feel like you're only you only hit you hit you hit one of the biggest shots in NBA Finals history. Well, biggest at the same shots. time, people are gonna feel like you were in NBA Finals because you played with LeBron James. Right. Which, a lot of people are like saying, "What was he before LeBron? What was he before?" And I feel like that's unfair to him because he was a rookie, then he was a sophomore, third true. year. I feel like you can't really compare that to now because he's grown as a player. He's a lot much better. Yes, granted, LeBron has helped him grow. But a lot of people feel like Kyrie was this player before LeBron even got there. I wouldn't say that. 
but I do feel his, like... No, his game definitely grew. I'll say that. I'll definitely give you that. His He came a long way as a player. Offensively, Kyrie's probably one of the best players ever to play in the NBA. No, no doubt about it, but... A franchise player, I don't know. I don't know if I would go as far as to feel like he's a franchise player or he should be the quote-unquote best player on your team because his game is so limited. If he if he's not scoring, really sit back and think about this. If Kyrie's not scoring, what else is he really doing on the floor? He's not a good defender. He can't facilitate the offense. So if he's not scoring, really pay attention that what is he really doing on the floor if he's not scoring? I heard a coach tell me one time, a shooter's in the game to shoot. If he's not making shots, put him on the bench. Right. And I feel like, look, with the whole playing with LeBron and Kyrie wanting to be a Dame Lillard, John Wall, Westbrook, I mean, look at them. You know, John Wall hasn't been to the finals. Neither has Dame Lillard. So you've given up that opportunity to play at least, I'm saying one more year because we don't know what LeBron is going to do next summer. He may take that option to leave. We don't know. So he's for sure, like I said, if everybody stay healthy, they're going to the finals again. So do you want to give up that just so you can be the man? Is it really worth it? It depends. It depends on the ego. You got to remember, he got him a ring now. He got one. If he, he got one. That might be some people. Was, was the shot bigger than the block? A lot of people, they debate about it. Uh, uh, this is how I look at it, and I'm going to be honest. When he hit the three, it was huge. Granted, if he misses that he shot, the game, is, the game is tied up. The game is tied up if he misses this shot, which means we still got opportunity to sit down on defense and get another offense possession. Oh, man, if he missed that shot, if, it's over. If LeBron does not block that <laughs> shot, I, if LeBron does not block that shot, we go down two. And the whole offensive situation would have changed. It would have been the exact same shot. It, it's, it's more comfortable to shoot a shot when you're tied up or up versus – you're down two and you pulling up for a three. So you don't think he got that Mamba blood in him? I feel like I'm this Mamba this Mamba part of me. Part of me. This Mamba blood is so overblown. Kobe, what? Kobe Bryant has three daughters and like nine sons in the NBA right now. Name them. Isaiah Name Thomas, them. Gordon Hayward, Kyrie Irving, Russell Westbrook. I mean, I've never seen Kobe, Kobe Bryant seems like he's Breaking down film with everybody that's that except Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram. It's getting to a point where they they're saying that Kobe influenced Kyrie to make this decision. That's the first thing we need to do is address this. Do not compare Kobe and Shaq to LeBron and Kyrie. Why? It's not even close. You comparing you comparing three three and oh. You compare three straight finals, three straight titles to LeBron and Kyrie. That's it's not the same scenario. Kyrie Irving isn't the player. Kobe Bryant was. Kobe wasn't just, oh, he hit the big shots. It was no. Kobe mm-hmm. was checking Reggie Miller, Jason Kidd, Allen Iverson, all MVP, three of these League finals. MVP Allen Iverson. Don't League, forget that. Oh, after Allen Iverson League dropped. MVP. After Allen Iverson <laughs> dropped the 55 on Derek Fish, and they had to make a switch, which was Kobe oh, on them the God. rest of the series. Shout out to Coach Lou. Shout out to whoever did the MVP, <laughs> the Finals MVP vote because Shaq checked my tumbo and still managed to oh get Finals MVP. That's a whole nother That's a whole nother topic. We gonna, that's neither here nor there. We're going to address that later. So, do you think a deal is going to be done? It has to be. Now, what deals would I like to see is the better question. I would like to see Eric Bledsoe trade. I think the Cavs should just give up Kyrie for Eric Bledsoe. And their first-round draft pick. The Cavs are asking for so much, you would think they're trading LeBron. They want two starters, a draft pick, 
and a promising young player. Nobody's gonna give you four. Yeah, they want a lot. Nobody's giving you four people. For you want Melo in Cleveland? I want to see Melo go to Houston. Houston. I, I feel like Houston would be a great fit for him with Chris Paul and Harden, Trevor Ariza. I feel like that could really combat Golden State. A lot of teams a lot of teams are so focused on getting better when they need to get different mm-hmm. in order to win. You can't beat a team trying to play exactly like the team you right, want to right. beat. I feel like the Cavs need more two-way players. Really sit back and think about it from in the Cavs' starting lineup. Who is a defender? Who is a key defender in the Cavs starting lineup? Key defender for the Cavs? For the Cavs. On the team period, not even just in would the start Sh- Would you throw Shumpert in there? I would say Shumpert is a defender. And then after that is... After that, it's pretty, it's pretty bare. J.R. Smith can play. He's, he's a two-way player to an extent. Kyrie Irving is highs on defense. LeBron's not used to checking the best player. He never was, which is why when he was in a position to check Durant, he was... He was exhausted the way he was. He's not used to having a. He's getting forty points in a triple double and having to check somebody who's light, who's trying to go for forty. I had a question for you. How much of this that's going on with Kyrie? Do you put any blame on it on LeBron? Do I put any Tough. blame on LeBron? Tough. I don't. I don't know if I want to say that. Uh, I don't know if I want to say I put any blame on him. I can't say that. I, I'm trying to see, really sit back and think to how I could put blame on him, but I don't. I don't see how any of this is on LeBron. Maybe Kyrie really just. Maybe he doesn't have any personal issues with LeBron, and he just wants to be the go-to guy on his team. Do you think he be the go-to guy? Because like one main thing I see that I don't like about Kyrie's game is that he seems to over dribble and he doesn't get his teammates involved. He's had a few games where he's 30 points or 40 points and have zero, zero assists. assists. And I've had this conversation with you before. I, I said for the Cavs to be able to be a real threat to the Warriors, he has to change his game up a little bit. But you exactly. seeing that he's been in the league for just a little bit now, he's that's, not going to change. That's one thing I always felt about players in the NBA. I feel like when a person reaches year seven, year six, seven, how they plan is how they're gonna play. So they what might, is he working on in the off season? I feel like I, I, I feel like Kyrie works on things he's already great at. I feel like he goes in the gym, he works on his handles, which he's probably, which is arguably probably the best ball handler ever to be in the NBA. And I'm not even a Kyrie fan, but I gotta admit that he's probably easily one of the, if not number one, he's probably top five ever ball handlers to be in the NBA. I feel like he works on his shot, works on a lot of isolation. He, I feel like he goes in there and works on things he's already does well. He doesn't work on his defense. He doesn't work on a lot of passing drills, which he should because he, in order to be the that level that he wants to be a franchise player, no doubt about it, he could go to Denver average 30. No, no question. They traded for Eric Bledsoe. He probably averaged like twenty-seven points with a Devin with a Devin Booker there. How do you think he would do with the Timberwolves' new team? Him playing with the Timberwolves, he doesn't fit what the Timberwolves yeah, need. Yeah, that's a lot. The Timberwolves need a point guard uh, to me, like a George Hill, uh, even a Jeff Teague. What they have, they need somebody who's going to pass and play defense. You have Jimmy Butler who can score. You have Wiggins who can score. You have Cat who can score. You don't need. You won't need a Kyrie to come in there and score. If Kyrie Kyrie wants to leave Cleveland to go be the face somewhere, it's not Minnesota. That's that's the last place to be trying to go. It's not the San Antonio Spurs. They 
They got the new version of Kobe Bryant. That spot is locked up. The new version of Kobe? Who that? Yeah, uh, we'll, they, we don't even say his name. We don't even need to say his name. Oh, you, the dude with the braids? Yeah, the guy who, who locked up Kevin Durant in the first half of the Whoa. Western Conference Finals. and A lot of things could have been different for a lot of people. But that's another topic. That's a whole. That's day. a we we gonna touch on that. We gonna it's a snapple fact. We are gonna touch on that later on. But thanks for everybody listening. That's the end of our podcast. You know, this is our first one. We are gonna keep doing this. Giving y'all one every week. Any feedback, negative or positive, we greatly appreciate it. I'm Daniel Freeman. I'm Dante Douglas, and this is the podcast about nothing.